0: All right, welcome to another edition of the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Zellia from BackSportsPage.com, and thank you for making us a part of your week. And it is Royal Rumble weekend coming up here. Lots to talk about, a lot to be excited about. And, of course, our guest this week is Charlie Haas from the world's greatest tag team, Team Angle, and many different uh, adventures with Charlie Haas being our most recently in Impact against Josh Alexander. Excellent, excellent match but let's uh, jump into the Royal Rumble weekend first before we jump into AEW Dynamite and get to Charlie Haas as well. Uh, this week, the Royal Rumble, look, lots of surprises being planned for the, both the men's and women's matches. Heard earlier today that Shane McMahon and uh, Kurt Angle might be part of the match. Jeff Jarrett might be part of the match. Lots of different surprises, different ledges for the men's matches. Uh, people are expecting Cody Rhodes or John Moxley or Chris Jericho they're gonna be sadly disappointed i I can't see any of those guys from AEW showing up there uh they don't really have much of a working relationship the fact that mickey james is appearing in the women's match people are forgetting that impact has mickey on loan from from the uh nwa so people seem to gloss over that fact but overall the uh, the two royal Rumble matches are always fun the different surprises uh I, i the rumor of ronda rousey coming back look Here is my biggest problem. My my problem with Ronda Rousey, the same problem they have with Becky Lynch, is both women have destroyed their women's roster so much that there's nobody left for them to challenge. And unless they're going to keep fighting each other all year round, uh, Ronda decimated that women's division, and it's not really a very fun, exciting time to have her come back. You know, WWE needs some mainstream attention. They're a little dinged up right now. But Ronda Rousey coming back doesn't really do much for me. Uh, From the men's side, very interesting to see what they're going to do if Kurt Angle does come back. You know, he's going to go after Happy Corbin to avenge the loss from WrestleMania. And then we also have the it's two title matches from the Royal Rumble Seth Rollins will battle Roman Reigns, the battle of the Shield Brothers again. Uh, people drop, he dropped John Moxley's name, and all of a sudden the world is turning into Moxley's returning to WWE. It's not going to happen. He's very happy in AEW, he has a lot of grievances with WWE management. I can never see that. Not that they'll never get back on the same page, but they're just not going to be able to do business for a long time. Uh, Cody Rhodes working without a contract, so people are expecting him to show up in the Royal Rumble. I will say him being the number one, number two entrant and being able to do an entrance, his AEW entrance in WWE, would be really cool, but it's not going to happen. Of course, the other championship match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, sort of a dream match. Uh, Two MMA guys being able to uh, give it a go, and you also have the two best mouthpieces in WWE between MVP and Paul Heyman. Both of those guys can talk people into a building. I think it's a great combination. I think it's going to be a very fun match. Brock doesn't work by the hour, so I don't expect a long match uh, at all. I expect maybe five, seven, ten minutes at most. But it should be very, very fun, and it's very interesting to see how that match uh, comes about. Over on the AEW side, uh, Dynamite this week, uh, Beach Break. Man, I got to tell you, Sammy Zavaro and Cody Rhodes tore the house down, and it might be the best ladder match I've seen in about five, six years, man, because... Oh, man, Sammy Guevara just defies the odds. And, you know, the people are not giving Cody Rhodes any any credit on this. He's, it takes two to tango. Cody Rhodes really put himself out there and trying to reestablish himself that he's still one of the best in the world. I love this promo from a couple weeks ago when he says, I'm not turning heel because the people stayed with him during his tough time, so he'll take the booze. He's a very polarizing character right now in AEW. Very much, uh, very much looking forward to see what Cody goes to next. And look, and for Sammy, look. There's a list. There's a long list of challengers. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. I wouldn't mind to see, mind seeing him and Darby go at it one more time. It would be a lot of fun. And then the Hangman Adam Page really didn't appear on camera this week. His battle with Lance Archer is coming up in two weeks. The Orange Cassidy Adam Cole match was great. Uh, A lot. It was enough Gaga, but enough fun to uh, to have a lot of fun. And we, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about Becky and Ronda Rousey on how they sort of decimated the women's de- of division in WWE. Look at Britt Baker. I like, I don't see her passing on that torture for the championship anytime soon. I would love to see her and Thunder Rosa go back at it one more time, but I, I don't see really where, where they can go uh, with Britt, you know, her coming out and start insulting the local towns and stuff like that. That's fine and fun and whatever, but I, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know where, uh, where you can go with Britt because who's the next challenger? Are you going to have her go against uh hater? from her from her team and then have her drop the belt to Hater and make brit chase again i am I'm, I'm okay with that and i also agree with her pwi awards this year uh aw really racking up but brit baker what an what an amazing year that brit had and she was the most improved i think from where she started in this company back in on 2019 to where she is now brit baker is a totally different talent with that being said Obviously, don't forget to check out SmackDown. Well, it's Friday night. It's Friday right now. So check out SmackDown uh, over the weekend. Check out AEW Rampage. And of course, the Saturday night, the Royal Rumble. Two Royal Rumble matches. And of course, I you know I left off the mixed tag match with the husband and wives matches with Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Ms. and Maurice. I wish, I hope it's a good match. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch uh, go we'll sit down and f- try and watch a full WWE pay-per-view is not an easy uh, task, but I'm definitely going to give it a go. All right. So right now, our guest this week is Charlie Haas. You of course remember Charlie Haas back debuting back in 2002, 2003 with the WWE. Uh, he, we broke down in the story, how he got involved with developmental, his brother Russ, uh, after he passed away and how he and Shelton Benjamin became the world's greatest tag team. Of course, part of team angle with working with Kern angle for a while and, Man, I got to tell you, it's it's, it's going to be a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy the interview, and we'll come back right after the interview is done here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. But right now, here is Charlie Haas. All right, we're back here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. With me now, uh, one of the probably one of the best, uh, in my opinion, one of the best wrestlers, pure wrestlers to uh, step in the game from in my generation of being a pro wrestling fan, Charlie Haas. Charlie, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for giving me a few minutes today.
1: No problem, man. Thank you very much, man. It's good good to talk to somebody, man, from New Jersey. So, let's, let's <laughs> rock it, baby. Well, I, I really was very interested in talking with you. It's
0: not only from what you're currently doing, but you have such a rich history uh, in, in pro wrestling. You know, you, you started amateur wrestler. You you being a Seton Hall guy, so you're a Jersey guy. When did your love for wrestling, not pro wrestling, just wrestling in general, start?
1: Um, uh, let's see. Uh... Uh, that's a two-point question. Uh, amateur wrestling, it started in seventh grade when I uh, that, that we moved to Oklahoma. Um, I saw that going into junior high, they had uh, junior high sports I was introduced to, um, and it was wrestling. So, But I grew up being a pro wrestling fan by the time I was like second grade, third grade, and uh, I saw that there was wrestling for junior high sports or middle school, and I went out I think it was pro wrestling, but it was actually amateur wrestling. So um, i tell you, it was probably the hardest sport I ever went into because I was playing soccer and football. Um, I was like, well, I needed a sport to do during the winter. Um, so I started doing the amateur wrestling. But, man, I, I absolutely sucked at it, man. I got my ass kicked for the first two years. And uh, it was so bad that I went and tried out for basketball, but I can't jump and I couldn't shoot. So I went back to wrestling. So there you are. So um, once, I, once I started doing good in it and excelling – um, then I enjoyed it, but it is, it's, it's a sport. It's very hard, very hard sport because I started late in amateur wrestling where a lot of kids are starting early, like my kids. So I'm done. So, um,
0: and how, how much of it was you and Russ together, your, your, your brother, Russ, like, were you guys very competitive with each other with wrestling, uh, like at home when you guys were growing up?
1: Oh yeah, very much. So we were very, we were very much competitive. Uh, I think we broke our, our shares of, uh, a lot. We broke a lot of beds, uh, bed frames, at least. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, enemies. And then, uh, as soon as something broke, we were best of friends trying to fix it before mom and dad got home. Uh, a lot of holes in the walls. A lot of wallpaper had to be put up. Uh, a lot of pictures uh, covering up holes. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, we were very competitive, man. It was very competitive nature. <laughs>
0: Can you talk about wrestling at the collegiate level? Obviously, there's the you know the high school level, very competitive. But can you talk about the different style and the different level it takes to when you do it in college?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Seton Hall. Um, you know, I went to signed Good Notre Dame. They dropped the program, I'm going to Seton Hall, um, and I was uh, I was very excited to do that. Uh, they you know um, they offered me a, a, a full ride. A Full ride back then was just tuition only. And I was able to, uh, think you know, I went to Seton Hall um, after the the Title IX kicked in and Notre Dame shut down their their program due to the, uh, the lack of a uh, men, you know, lack of women's scholarships, meaning the, the 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 equality of the men's scholarships at the time. So um, they told me to come to Seton Hall. They 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 brought in a, a top recruit. Um, uh, they, they had a top recruiting Lou Sergio. They had a kid, uh, Joe Brooke that transferred in from Wagner. They brought myself in, another kid, uh um Wade Rogers. We uh, brought a kid in from uh, um, uh, Junior Nardone who was also he was um up in um I can't remember what part of New Jersey he was in um um I can't remember the name of it, but he was in um but so we we they were building a really good team and they had some really good state placers and uh state champion out of um and where was Junior from, man? Um, man, his brother was a state champion, he was a state champion. John Perna was from there. Um, I, I'm sorry that city's still in my mind, but no, New Jersey was just you know had a lot of great talent, and uh, so I was like, okay, let's go out there. It was close to the city, also, if I could get a good big east education, graduate, and I'll uh, work at go. You know, it was real close to the cities, so I could work at a uh, you know which I ended up working for uh, Goldman Sachs, you know, after after it was all said after I graduated. But it was a great place to work, you know, to get on Wall Street and make money. Um, so, yeah, dude, I was um, – so getting into Seton Hall, we were able to build this program to a top 13, top nine program in the country. Uh, we upset – you know, beat Lehigh. We beat Rutgers, uh, Ryder, um, you know, wrestle Iowa State. I mean, you know, we were really up and coming. It was a great program. We actually won the Big East my senior year. That was the first time we won it. So, uh, the big Northeast at the time. So, um, you know, you know, so college wrestling is based on folk style wrestling. You know, it's different than all over the world, where you know we we have riding time. Uh, you know, where the rest of the world they don't do folk style. We're the only country that does that. They do freestyle and Greco, which you see in the Olympics. Um, freestyle, you're allowed to lock hands. You know, it's throws. It's, a, it's a different time periods. A different points uh, score a point system. Um, And Greco is just all upper body, all throws. You're not allowed to touch the legs or anything below the body. And that's a different point system as well. Um, Where in freestyle, you got to know, you know, you got to be good on three different levels. You have to be good on your feet. You got to be good on your bottom to escape reverses. And on top, you got to be able to hold them down and pin them. You know, you want to get a scholarship or like to Iowa, Penn State, you got to be able to finish, you know, so.
0: And and how did pro wrestling end up fitting into – so you said you went yeah, yeah. on Wall
1: Street. How did how did, go, how did pro wrestling fit into that? Yeah. All right, so you know when I I was a fan of pro wrestling my whole like growing up, man, my whole life. Um, from like I said, from the time I was in third grade all the way up until now. And uh, during in college, I was bartending, and the Monday Night Wars were coming on, and then uh, and also not on top of that, ECW was breaking in. You know, or you know they they were coming on. to uh, say they were on. Um, I want to say yes, man, you know Yankee Entertainment System or whatever the uh, the Yankee stage, Station. I mean that that may not have been it at the time, but it was on at midnight, like on Saturday nights. Yes. You know, hardcore. it was on MSG. Yeah. It was on MSG. 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 That's it. Okay, so it was on MSG. So I'd bartend, you know, um, when we weren't, um, when I wasn't wrestling on the weekends, and uh, even you know during the the wrestling season is a winter season, so spring and um you know and fall. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're in postseason and preseason. So, um, you know, I'm bartending Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. So, I mean, I would man, do Monday Night War, um, you know, parties at the bar. I was down at Paul Lee's down in uh, um, Newark, New Jersey. And um, and then, you know, I, I was just a big fan. And I saw that ECW was having a, uh, you know, I was getting ready to graduate. It was 96. And I saw that ECW had a, um, the House of Hardcore. Tass is doing that in Long Island. And uh so I went out there with my brother. Um, and we we're like, okay, you know, we, we'd like to be pro wrestlers or big fans, you know, we're amateur wrestlers out of Seton Hall. Um like, you know, and Perry Saturn's like, well, it's gonna be thirty five hundred dollars. So I'm like, Well, we, we you know, that's something we didn't have. We didn't have thirty five hundred dollars. We just great. you know, I just graduated and broke and um So, what we did is uh, we started bouncing, and you know, we, but we wanted, we were looking for other schools. And some of the bouncers down at the Jersey Shore were like, okay, why don't you go to uh, Meyer Mike Sharp down in Asbury Park? It's $100 down, $20 a week. And I'm like, dude, I can do that. So, uh, we did that for about 10 months, went to a school until he thought we were ready. And then uh, we thought we were off and running. And
0: how did the uh, tryout with the WWE or WWF at the time come along?
1: Uh, so we were in the ring for – I mean, yeah, we were in the ring for about five years, you know, working uh, for Jersey All-Pro CCW, and then finally with Jim Kettner, ECWA. And um, what we were trying to do is, uh, you know, we, we knew that WWE was interested in us. Uh, Jim Kettner was polishing us up. We are working on a program with the Briscoe Brothers that we just broke in down there with um, uh, Big uh, – what do you call it – with um, – uh, with Jim Kettner at ECWA. So it's, a, and he was, Jim Kettner was great because what he did is he started the, uh, the super eight tournament, big, big tournament. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that was, that was, that put a lot of the kids, you know, people were all wanting to get the super eight, you know, magazines were really big. Internet wasn't really big yet. It was, it, but uh, they didn't have like uh you know, internet TV or YouTube or anything like that. You know, you'd always have the, the nerd sheets that would give you the spoilers and all that. But so the rate, the magazines are just pumped super eight. So, um, you know, we were a tag team, so we really didn't wrestle in the Super 8. I didn't do that till later. But Russ and I were, you know, we we're working a program with Kevin Kelly, who was an announcer at the time for um, WWF. And it was WWF before it was WWE. So um, he saw that we were ready. He contacted Jerry Briscoe, brought, it, brought us to him. Um, and Jerry Briscoe fell in love with us because we're both from Oklahoma, amateur wrestlers. And, and then we went on to, man, it was um, – we came in, did a dark match. Uh, first dark match was at Madison Square Garden. And then uh, we took off, man. From there, and uh, you know, I think we signed like our second, second, second set of dark matches in, um, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, the uh, old light, the uh, what do you call it, the igloo, you know, where the um, the, penguins, where the old Penguins would play. Yeah, so that's what we signed. Yeah. What what was it like for Madison Square Garden for the for a dark match, man? That that, that and, plays a lot of,
0: rest of this. talk talk about your memories great. of
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, it was great. I mean, your first dark match at Madison Square Garden. It was uh, it was exciting. What was great about it was the uh, man. You had um, a lot of our fans came and saw, and they were chanting Haas brothers. So we got like a pretty good pop, you know, or you know, a good good chant. And they they're probably shocked to hear that. They're like, whoa, and you know, but dude, we you know because we're built from Oklahoma. i been in Oklahoma, but they're going nuts. So. Dude, it was a really, really, really good, uh, good experience, man. I mean, and, and we, you know what, we delivered, and uh, they're really happy with it. And um, I think we ended up working the dub that night. So yeah, It was pumped. It was really happy.
0: You know, it's funny too. You know, you, you. We went into de- developmental, and obviously, you know, tragically you lost your brother. Um, did you feel any 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 sense of responsibility to sort of live on the legacy, not just for you, but for him as well?
1: Oh yeah, I did. You know when um, he passed away. I mean, we we were, we did the WrestleMania Access shows, and we were sitting at the Astrodome, and you could hear. You know, Ben and Juan Angle just had a great match. We we're like, man, you know, we we were supposed to be brought in to, to work be Team Angle, you know, and we were like, man, this is gonna be unbelievable. We're really excited about this, and um, you know, um, you know, and then, he, and then he passed away. So then I'm like, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, I, I didn't know what the outcome was gonna be. You know, you know, the, you know wrestling the world moves on, even if you don't, you know. Um, uh, so, hold on, hold on, I lost you there Okay, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no So wrestling, um, yeah, man Wrestling, um, Wrestling. you know, the, the wrestling moves on So what we had to do was we, uh, you know um, we, I regrouped, um, I had a knee injury I overcame that, which kind of helped me in that time um, You know, WWE was very gracious uh, They waited for my knee to heal after that um, they sent me down to OVW um, and Shelton was down there finishing up and they decided to go ahead with team angle and, um, and put Shelton, Kurt and I together when the original, of the four was supposed to be Russ, Kurt, Shelton, and I. And um, but because of that, they, um, you know, it worked and Shelton had the same work ethic as I did. And we just were determined to make it work uh, with Arne Anderson, you know, coaching us for about a year until we were ready. And I, I couldn't thank him more, man. So I'm so happy that that was, um, you know, that Shelton was, had the same work ethic, and I couldn't thank Arnold Anderson and WWE for being patient. So, um, you know, so when we got to WrestleMania, um, you know, here two years after Russ's uh, – actually, two years after Russ, and I sat at the Access. It was WrestleMania 19. We're at Safeco Field, and I'm like, you know what? I Russ, we – I couldn't finish this story with you, um, but we started it together, but I'm going to live – you're going to live on through me, and uh, I, I want to thank you for getting there, so –
0: um, I have to ask a question about Ari Anderson. Is He is a straight, straight forward and a straight shooter, as everybody says he is. And oh, as,
1: yeah. As far as a trainer. Oh, yeah. and, and you have, yeah. you he'll tell you, man. If, yeah. He's not going to lie to you. If, you st- if your match stunk, he'll tell you. You know, we had some stinkers. And then he goes, I'm not going to lie to you because if you have a good one, you know, and then like, I don't tell you, you know, you had a stinker. And then he goes, well, You'll never know the difference of what's good and what's not. But, you know, he is, yeah, dude, he's a straight forward. He puts it, he's probably the most quick witted son of a gun I've ever met, man. And then uh, you know, he he has it, he's awesome, man. He's awesome, you know. He he's not gonna lie to you. He's gonna tell you right away, you know. So, so I so mean you, he's like a second father to me. So I can't, I can't, you know, I love the guy. I mean, I, I thank him for everything.
0: And then you know, you came in with with Kurt, you know, and working with you with you and Shelton. Um Kurt, it's funny, Kurt was a main event guy but he'd only been in the company for a couple of years and you come right. in at a, coming at a prime spot. What was some of the, not only from Kurt, but what was some of the advice that some of the bigger names at that time, the rock Hunter taker, uh, Kurt, what was some of the advice that you were getting back then from them to sort of how to handle yourself, not only in the ring, but out of the ring too? Well, you
1: know, it was, uh, we, you know, I, I knew, you know, we, technically we were sound Um, and when we got brought up, um, you know, we, we were thrown into like main event status, you know, we were, we were with Kurt, they're building for Brock. They were building us, you know, to win, you know, to win the tag gold and to, and we had to deliver on everything that we did. I cannot come, you know, um, the advice, you know, that, you know, you can either take it or leave it. And, you know, Shelton and I, we had the same goal, you know, tag teams are different. If you have one guy that has another, has another, Um, you know, if you have one guy's like, well, you know what, this is what I'm here for and this will do it. You guys don't click on the same thing. You don't have the same goals as a tag team. It doesn't work. You know, you 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 got you got to be on the same page. Thank God we were both on the same page. We wanted to be the best that we could be. The you know we wanted to be the best team angle. We wanted to make it work, and then you know we became the world's greatest tag team. We wanted to prove that we could be that as well. Um, so, but we had the advice from hearing from like Undertaker, from JBL, from uh, Kurt Angle, from uh, Eddie Guerrero, from Benoit. To you know. Um, to Orton and Edge and Christian and Ray and you know Billy Kidman and and so on and Chavo and you know y- y- so on and so on Val Venus, um, you know you y- you had you here you are in the part of like you're coming out of one of the, the greatest you know stories of all time the Monday Night Wars that 2002 class of OVW with the Jim Cornette get you know really put his stamp of approval on coming from Danny Davis and him it was unbelievable. But I mean, just to know that, just to know that, you know, you have these greats that I mentioned, like Taker and Angle and all of them, and they're giving you advice and you can take it or leave it. And you're just like, man, you know, you just keep your mouth shut, you listen, and you absorb what you can. And, and not only that, but the agents that we worked with behind the scenes as well, like, you know, Jerry Briscoe, Arn Anderson, Steve Kern, Ricky Steamboat, um, you know, Mike Rotundo, um you know, uh, Tony Degria, Tony Guria, Ecklands, Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, you're watching guys that you grew up wrestling, and now you're, you know, they're your mentors. And, yeah. you know, Dean Malenko, Dave Taylor, you know, you're just like, man, I mean, it, it was a great time. And you know what, I wasn't going to, you know, they're going to have to drag me out, you know, screaming or kicking. But, I mean, I wasn't going to ruin this opportunity. And uh, it was, uh, dude, it was until they saw that it was time for me to go, I, mean, I did the best I could. I was in the ring every day, trying to learn from them. Dave Finley, Fit Finley, you know, was the man. Dave Taylor, um, you know, trying to mix our amateur style with that pro European style. It, it was a, uh, you know, I it, I was very blessed, man, and uh, and I'm glad I kept my mouth shut. And, I and picked their brains and tried to absorb absorb everything I could because you know, like I said, this this the uh, this business doesn't owe you anything. It's what you put into it, you know. So.
0: Uh, and you and Shelton became on one of the best tag teams that, uh, of that generation. And after your time with WWE, you and Shelton sort of went back on the independency together, went to Ring of Honor. What was it like yeah. being outside of the WWE, but with Shelton and being able to, I guess, prove to everybody that you guys were the world's greatest tag team? You know, that's that's hard to do to keep that relationship going outside of the WWE.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um... But you know, like Sean and I, you know, it wasn't that we, you know, we became best friends. You know, we became brothers. Like he was, uh, so we always stayed. We still don't stay in touch. Talked to him yesterday, actually. You know, and uh, do we talk all the time? Um, and you know, it's our, our relationship goes beyond you know wrestling. It's like I said. You know, he's like he's a, he's like my you know. When Russ died, he became my brother, you know, and he was there for me for everything. And, uh, you know, and I mean, he's like from my godfather to my child to best fan of my wedding to uh, just, you know, thick and thin When my dad was dying, you know, he was there. Um, so we were able to take, you know, to go over to Ring of Honor and Jim Cornette brought us in there and we do the same work ethic, man. But this time we were seasoned vets. We had all this knowledge from. You know these great tag teams that we work with, like Steve Kerr was from the Fabulous Ones. Uh, you know everyone Rick Steamboat was great, but you got know, to remember him and Steamboat Youngblood were a great tag team. You had um, the Briscoes and the brothers, and uh, then the, of course Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. So we got all this, all of this knowledge from all these tag teams. Now we're able to pass it on, and with the athleticism that Ring of Honor had, and the great tag team, it was actually fun because actually the tag team belts meant something. You know, at Ring of Honor, you had the All Night Express, you had um the Kings of Wrestling, you had the the American Wolves, you American Werewolves, you had the um uh, I mean generico, cabana, you had the Briscoe brothers, you know, I can go on and on, but it, it was such a great time to wrestle over there. And and to, to win the tag titles, you really had to be on top of your game over there. You know, it, it, they were it was a it was a damn good um tag team um division. So we were happy to be there we were able to showcase our talent there.
0: Um, how important? Thinking back to your time with WWE, because I remember they had the time. You, they had you do like the impersonations and stuff like that. How important? What yeah. was it at that time? Where they were they putting wrestling, the the, the actual rest, pro wrestling product on the backseat and worrying more about character, of uh, the silliness. Yeah, better?
1: you know, yeah, they were doing that. It was um, also you know they were you know trying to find something to do. Johnny Ace came up with the character. I think they were trying to force me out at the time. Who knows? Uh, or they're giving me a character to see if I didn't want to go with it or, you know, if I'd have a bad attitude to give them a reason to make me quit. But you know what? I embraced it. Uh, it was a chance for me to honor all these icons that I were able to portray. And uh, man, I, I did the best I could, man. I was, I didn't want to make fun of anybody. I wanted to really do my best from voice impersonations to the way they walked to, I mean, I would study everything that they would tell me a week in advance, get it all the materials, tell them what I needed. And man, and you know, it was a, you know, when people come to me and say hey remember when you did this character this character that character you know um, I, I, it's not what I want to be known for but you know what you, if it you know if you can you got to be able to make fun of yourself you know so and so I wasn't poking fun about any of these guys I was just trying to honor them to the best of my ability and have fun at the time doing it too
0: well I, it, it came across like you were having fun uh, and I have to speaking of having fun uh, you're now you're now involved with impact wrestling can you talk about uh, what it's like to be a veteran walking into a younger locker room.
1: Well, you know, a lot. Um, it's great to see. Um, it is great to see. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that I worked with the Ring of Honor. Um, a lot of the guys that are that are you know like Eddie uh, Eddie Edwards it was great to see him. Uh, you know, Delos working behind the scenes. Um, Scott Demore, Dreamer, Gel Kim, People I have wrestled with that are now in up, upper management. But then to be able to. Um, you know, first all, I got to thank impact for that opportunity. Um, I want to, I'm very grateful for it. Um, you know, I've been off TV for a long time, but they gave me a chance to come back. Um, I really, um, you know, I, I have not signed with impact. Um, not, and I, and if, if, you know, they haven't offered a contract. Uh, we haven't even sat down and really talked about anything. Um, I was waiting to see how the match went with yesterday, what it, what it looked like. And, uh, I'm really happy. I'm happy with it. Josh Alexander was, uh, you know, dude, he's an ultimate pro. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when, you know, I know they're busy doing taping TV. Uh, If we get a chance, you know, and uh, and if something comes out of it, then so be it. If something comes out of it with another organization, um, you know, then I'll be blessed, you know, but I want to thank Impact for the best thing they could do is uh, allowing me to have this chance. Because not only do I want to work with the young talent coming in, because there are some exceptional talent, um, but I also... Um, you know there's other places to work if, if it doesn't work out you know um but um i, I want to be able to work behind the scenes as well i want to work with tag teams spe- specifically because tag team wrestling is what my specialty was and it is. um i've been trained like i said you know the people i mentioned who trained me and you know, i had some great tag teams i was a part of um but i want to be able to work with tag teams and bring it back to where it is where it once was um you know i think it's been lost um, I think people kind of just like they look for a tag team when they don't have, when they're two hot, single guys, they don't know what to do with, or they just uh find somebody that may be a little bit better charisma or athletic out of the two and they split them. So I, I think, um, you know, if you get a, if you get a couple of tag teams that want to stay together and work to main event status, which I, you know, yeah, I think the first WrestleMania was based off of tag team match, you know? Yes. So why can't tag team wrestling be back to where it was? Why can't it be like a, an and Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the Four Horsemen versus the Rock and Roll Express, or the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express, or, you know, the New Age Outlaws versus, uh, you know, um, uh, the Hardy Boys, or Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys, or, you know, and so on and so on. So why, why can't it be like that I, again? So, uh,
0: What uh, are what, my what, top two favorite matches of all time is the tag team match? And it's it's a, such a random tag team match is the Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters. And if you look at the television- yeah
1: yeah oh my god yeah I forgot about that yeah you the heart you know that's not the the heart foundation unbelievable the british bulldogs unbelievable you the know rockers. The, 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 the rockers the rockers yeah. yeah you know you're right you know I, I always forget about mentioning that tag team generation I always yeah you're you're 100% right when you had the heart foundation the the british bulldogs you had the midnight rockers or the rockers at the time you had brainbusters versus uh, the heart foundation Hundred percent, man! What what a great tag time era that was. And then you know, of course, you had Bart and Billy Gunn too. that were coming up that as well.
0: And then your Demolition also can't forget them up until the new day. Yeah, the Demolition rating.
1: as well, yeah.
0: And but not only that, but yeah. I will. I got to tell you, one of my favorite feuds back from your generation was when you were when you and Shelton were feuding with the Guerreros. You you couldn't ask for yeah. more solid tag team action than that. And just watching you guys, you like you felt. So one of the things that I measure professional wrestling with is not just the quality of the match or the promos, but if you want to be able to feel the passion of the performers in the ring. And I felt when you guys were working with yeah. the Guerreros that they were bringing out the best in you, and you guys are bringing out the best in them. And I think that's what's very important. You don't yeah, see yeah, that, yeah. you don't feel that with wrestling today. Yeah.
1: And that's something the that Guerreros really taught us was how to feel it. But we, you know, it, it took us a while, but we we, we learned we. Waited for them. And the first time we ever met them in a match was in the ring, like at a at a house show, live event. That was uh, that we, we didn't even talk about anything going out out there. Like we were, they were, they dressed on the other side of the arena. We came out, and that was the first time we, the first time we ever saw the Grizz or met them was when their song hit. They were while coming out to the uh, ring. And it was, it was, there was some growing pains, but we they taught us how to call it in the ring, how to feel it, listen to the crowd. And that's what brought us out. Once it clicked, dude, it was like, it was like, Carly was a Shakespeare baby. It was pure Shakespeare. And uh, yeah, you got to be able to feel that. You got to be able to feel that. And then if you feel it, the fans feel it. So it was, it was, uh, I was very blessed to work with both Chavo and Eddie. So.
0: And Charlie, well, we're, we're all looking forward to seeing the next chapter of your, uh, your career, both on and uh, above, on the screen and behind the screen, helping some of the younger talent. I awesome. want to thank you for- Thank you for giving us a few minutes today. Uh, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you on social media.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm at uh, fa- Facebook fan pages are real Charlie Haas and uh wrestling's greatest podcast. Um, i have my own podcast. Um, you, so check out wrestling's greatest podcast or at the Haas pod. Um, also at Charlie Haas on Twitter um, that really working on that. And um, I got my website, uh, Charlie Haas, five, four, three, two, com. YouTube uh, wrestling greatest podcast. Um, Check that out as well, and uh, you can find me on Instagram, Real Charlie Haas, man. Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on with my kids there. Um, I'm also uh, wrestling for uh, SWE World Class Revolution, Home Pro. Uh, I got Prestige coming up. Got the Haas Paint Tour kicking off. Uh, I got a lot of great, um, uh, You know, just just follow. We're gonna put the schedule of where I'm gonna be, but follow that, man. I got a lot of good stuff coming on. So uh, looking forward to wrestling a bunch of uh, whoever it is out there, man. Maybe uh, Jonah, Malachi Black. Uh, moxley uh maybe i get my jericho match final. so i'm looking forward <laughs> to wrestling everybody so uh, well charlie thanks very okay. much hold on hold on one second thanks
0: again for coming up all right guys that was charlie haas here on the cut pro wrestling podcast again we have some great guests coming up just like charlie and charlie was great because he was just very open and honest he's totally we he said he's an open book and man he was opening up about his brother passing and uh talk about his time with WWE and you know, now he's back on the scene after taking a little bit of a stint off to be with his family. He is back on the road and back ch- looking to challenge anybody in the world of professional wrestling. Don't forget this weekend. We have the Royal rumble and we have uh, a W rampage, uh, WWE Smackdown tonight and follow our show. Follow the cut pro wrestling podcast on social media between Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Alyssa does a great job of getting everything out there for you guys. This show is produced by Andrew Fumi. He does an excellent job as well. Andrew has done video work through Catalyst Wrestling. We are wrestling. So Andrew knows what he's doing. His credentials are readily available. Again, my name is Randy Zeller from Back Sports Page, and we're going to be back here on the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast next week with yet another great story here for you, courtesy of BackSportsPage.com. This has been the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast.